And welcome to episode 27 of Emblemcast. This is like the first time we've recorded in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, and, and, we're, and we're still late. There's still one episode <laughs> we're sitting on. Anyway, this is this is a special episode. It's it's something I've been building up a little bit in some Reddit posts. I've talked about kind of a, a secret project, and we're doing a crossover with this Nintendo Life TNL podcast. Uh, and today we have Lord NBZ or just NBZ on the podcast. And very soon I will be going on their podcast TNL, and uh, it's gonna be fun. It's it's cool. It's exciting. NBZ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, it's very cool to be on here. I remember you Twitter messaging me, I think it was, way back in the I day. Um, I, I was like looking for people, and yes. I was like, oh, NBZ likes Fire Emblem. I wonder if he would want to do this. You know, that's how, that's how Devin gets around. He just Twitter messages everyone. It's literally, I'm like the fucking like, outreach guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah NBZ, uh, when Devin goes on your show, could you just keep him, please? Yeah, sure. we, yeah. <laughs> you see, we've got our we've got our own we've got our own project that we want to work on, but we can't do. I don't, it I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to give him that burden. I mean, I I would never give that to my worst enemy. So <laughs> never give them yourself. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, this is. I guess this has been a while because I remember messaging, being like, "Yeah, that'd be great," and then like two years went by and we just didn't get in contact again. So. Well, I, I remember. You, you told me, like, it sounds like a cool project, but you said, you know, I do my own show. I wouldn't be able to be, like, a regular member. But right, yes, that's what I said. Being yeah. a guest. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, uh, good that we're yeah. doing this. And we've wanted to do more, like, having guests on and doing crossovers generally. So it's a good uh, good thing to get yeah, started. Yeah, I, I remember you had that one guest a while back from, who is it? Uh, uh, we've had a few guests. Uh, I had my friend Fizz uh, on, Fizzy Stardust. We've had Liam from, uh, he does, like, Uncity 64 stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's who who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great great project they have over there. Absolutely, cool. yeah. 1964. Very good stuff. You guys should check them out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is em- Emblemcast, the show where we talk about I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I I usually come up with another stupid game every single time when I do that. This is, this is the Mario and Rabbids podcast, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. This, this is, is the Mario, Mario and Rabbids podcast. I think this is podcast. the talking about how late we are podcast at this point. It is. <laughs> yeah. Talk- I think so. Just talk. We're just the fuck Devin cast. <laughs> but so, what have you guys been playing? Let's start off with you, uh, Devin. What have you been up to? No, no. Let's let's let our let our guests start off. Okay. Um, Wait. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if that's too much pressure, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm playing so much Honey Pop. He doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Boy, I guess you all downloaded the humble bundle with the Sakura games in it, right? Like, oh yeah, that's right. It's happening right now. So is it really? Yeah, you can get like all the you know anime games you like for the low low price of a dollar. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> You can Hop get on. a dollar. You can get. I'm looking right now. Honey Cam Studios, uh-huh. Sakura Agent, and Sakura Spirit, the classic. Oh man, anime was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, what, what have you been up to, NBZ? Uh, so yeah, as I just mentioned, Marion Rabbids is happening right now. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that game, which is very relevant to Fire Emblem. So I guess it's an important thing to bring up. Um, mm. It's a tactical game. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a very interesting game because it starts out relatively simple. Like it the idea that you only have three characters is more of an XCOM thing than Fire Emblem thing, right? Because you don't have this big army to rely on. Um but the bonus is like no one Mm -hmm. dies and is dead forever. So 
uh, you're just using all these different like Mario characters to go through. And the thing that's interesting that I found about it is it's very much more based around movement than it is around, uh, you know, one-on-one encounters with different people. Because um, you have the move where you can dash into different enemies and then you can jump on top of them. And as you like unlock skill tree stuff, you get into the situation where you have like Rabbit Yoshi, for example, can dash through like five different enemies at once. So he can do all that, get behind cover, like shoot a weapon at them, like throw a grenade, whatever, do a ton of damage in one turn. Um, and it, you, like, it doesn't basically reduce your movement at all. So you can just dash as much as you want and still move around everywhere uh, at the same time. Okay, um, but Old Yeller taught me that once you have a rabid pet, you have to put it down. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I'm I'm in the process of getting rid of Rabid Mario. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but uh, we've got to get rid of him. He's a, he's a, so he's an how, issue. How have you found um, the balance of uh, characters in that game? Because that's something. I mean, there's only eight, yeah. which is low. It for, is, you know, obviously compared to Fire Emblem. Uh, but, yeah, you know. It, it, there's also weird limitations for people who don't know. Like they force you to have at least one rabid member in your party, so you couldn't just roll with like Mario, Luigi, and and Yoshi or something. And, and you also yeah. have to, um, you have to, Mario has to be in your party all the time. I think he right? does. Yeah, you have to have Mario. Yeah, kind of like, like Chrono and Chrono Trigger. Um, and I, yeah, and I think the reason they do that is because there are cutscenes which are very much tied to Mario has to be in this cutscene. Also, you yeah. have to have a at least one rabbit in this cutscene because they're going to do some silly comedy skit with the rabbit, right? So okay. that's why they force you to do that. Um, and so it pays you're off. That this is the game about the eight legendary heroes in the scouring. Y- yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is the origin story. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you found you know char- all the characters that have their own uses and, and stuff like that? Yeah, they're all really um, different, actually. Um, okay. Generally, like weapons wise, they'll usually be like, okay, so Peach, uh, Rabbit Peach, and Mario have the same style of gun. But Rabbit Peach has a secondary weapon, which is this drone that she can send out, like, remotely, and it'll go and attack someone. Yeah. Um, versus Mario, who has, who has a, a hammer, which is like a melee special. So they don't all have the exact same thing, but there will be similarities across the board. Like, I just unlocked Rabbit Yoshi, who has a machine gun, and he has a grenade as well. But, like, Peach also has a grenade. So th- there's definitely, like, benefits to them, but it's more to do with what abilities they have, because... Yeah. Some characters are healers. Uh, some characters have the ability to dash more than once. Uh, some can be like Luigi with long range with a sniper. So they all are distinct from, from enough, what I I've think. seen. I didn't realize they used the, guns. I'm surprised that yes. Nintendo let them go <laughs> full on Shadow the Hedgehog. You didn't see the fucking Ubisoft E3 press conference where Miyamoto comes on stage with a fucking gun in his head. It's so good. I thought that was just Miyamoto, you know being Miyamoto <laughs> yeah no. but so would would you say this is a fair because compa- what I've seen of the game obviously XCOM comparisons are everyone makes those but yeah it's for a more N- Nintendo comparison it seems like two series that uh you know Fire Emblem fans should know well or at least know of um it seems kind of like a Fire Emblem mixed with a codename Steam in, in some ways yeah in some ways I guess so I mean the idea of Overwatch is in this game which is like yeah. hey you have to bank uh, a certain number of well in codename steam it's like you only use a certain amount of steam, steam and then yeah. you can like sit there and wait for them to come to you in in games like that you can do it every turn uh which right. is i know that's that's mario and luigi's like special thing right game, and right? the thing that's yeah. so awesome about that is well, there's a lot of interactions that can happen so there are like um 
certain percentage chances for side effects to happen when you hit enemies. So one of them is okay. honey, which means if you hit them with that, they're just stuck and they can't move for the next turn. Um, another one is bounce, which basically just flings them across the stage. So what can happen I've is... I've seen that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. And especially if they go out of bounds, they lose even more health. Um, but what you can you're, do... You're, conv- you're convincing me on this game so hard. It's, it's really, <laughs> really good. Want it so um, so, so what you can do is you can get a bounce ability going on one of the rabbits and if mario or luigi are set into their overwatch state while they like bounce through the air they'll just like slow motion pull out their gun and just like shoot them it does this really like cinematic angle and everything to it. it's crazy um so yeah the, the systems like interact in a really fun way mm-hmm. i think so. The other thing I, I'd be interested in, in hearing your take on is what do you think about the difficulty? Because, I mean, I think yeah. everyone saw Mario and Rabbids and people were like, oh, it's just going to be baby's first XCOM. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've heard it's like, it's challenging. It, which it is, gets is there. Yeah, so th- so I never really had too much trouble during the first couple of worlds. Um, it has a ranking system, which is basically, did you get out of this encounter with everyone alive, and how many turns did you do it in? So right. for people who want to... You can redo encounters. Right? Yeah, that you can. kind of scenarios and stuff. The, well, there's, there's challenge levels, which after you've beaten the world, you can go in and find those, which are like much tougher um, versions of maps you've done. Uh, but they also have... Uh, the ability to just go back in time and just redo the entire world. But I think you have to beat the whole world before you can do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so a lot of, I guess, if you want to get perfection in this game, then it's going to be much tougher because you have to make sure no one dies and uh, you do it in a fast, quick, efficient manner. Um, but it does get tough. I think my first difficulty spike was like middle of World 3. You come across this mid-boss, and the first like couple times I fought him, he just eviscerated me. Like It was really tough. So um, a lot of the encounters are sussing out who would work best in that specific scenario. Like, are you in a place where Ra- or where Luigi would work because he can hang back and just snipe people a bunch? Um, or do you need to have two healers on your team because there's just too many people around? Like, It's kind of a balance of figuring out who would be the most relevant to that specific scenario so it it definitely does get tough and you need to get more tactical in the late game (laughs) so here here's the big question and and that is would you say how far in are you uh i am just about to start world four which i think is the last world and yeah i think there yeah i think there are only only four Mm -hmm. so i I, you're, you're probably at a point when you could say this would you say this game is worth what is it 50 quid probably so or 60 dollars Man, pricing is really weird over here right now because um, everything yeah, is just in flux. That's what I've heard. Uh, I got it for thirty-seven, which I think is a very good Oof. price uh, considering yeah. it's a brand new game. Um, I would say for like general UK price of forty quid, which I guess is around sixty dollars. I would say yeah, absolutely, because the game itself will probably end up taking me about thirty hours, all said and done. And if I want to go back, there's a ton right. of extra stuff there. Um, so if you're That's looking a for a value proposition, like, yeah, there's like 10 extra challenges in each world after you do them. So probably like 90 to 100 stages if you add it all up. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff in there. Um, and it's just really high production value, not to mention just the ability to play it on Switch handheld has been so great. Just having that in bed at night is awesome. So Yeah, that's that's really cool yeah. <laughs> that's one of the most exciting parts just to have like a fun you heard it here first nbz likes rabbits in his bed <laughs> <laughs> it's just the idea of like a cool fun rpg like that i can play in bed on my switch finally is is nice to hear 
Yeah, I can't, I can't wait wow. until a Fire Emblem game comes out next year on Switch because that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Like, imagine. Oh, aren't, you, aren't you excited for Warriors, though? Like, 3DS plus Marth? Uh, mm, 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 mm. Yep. Mm. I have a lot to say about that uh, one. Uh. <laughs> have you. Uh, so, by. I'm sure it'll be different once this uh, goes up because they've been pretty consistently revealing characters. But I believe the numbers are at eight fates characters uh seven awakening characters and marth <laughs> seems seems like a fair balance right uh-huh See but, but i mean they, they said they said fate's awakening shadow dragon <laughs> it's just literally marth i think i saw an interview where they said there'd be more but yeah and also we i mean like we kind of know we kind of know Tiki's coming because there's the Tiki amiibo. So I mean, that's, Tiki's that's in everything, pretty... so you got to put Tiki like, in there. I wouldn't be surprised if Anna yeah. shows up as well. Has she already been announced? Yeah. Uh, she's the. No, she has. She's like the battle narrator. Oh, oh right. She, okay. Yeah. Or like the menu person, lady. Yeah. Interesting. That doesn't necessarily mean anything though, because she was the shop lady. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Sita, Sita will probably show up as well. Right. You just gotta wait for her. You get to that side. It's it's the the it's... the one like random but still not random character that they added is like you know they've they've done the fate siblings and then they did you know the the OG shepherds or whatever like Lissa and, and Frederick and and whatnot from Awakening but then they just like threw Cord- Cordelia in there <laughs> I guess because she's super popular which is not a thing I really un- understood how popular she was until recently but. Okay. I mean, Awakening <laughs> is so big, you can kind of pick any character in it, and they'll have some following. Oh, yeah, you, you could. I wouldn't be surprised if Tharja makes it, too, because Tharja... Yeah, Tharja is the most obvious one. I, I think Sumia would make sense. She seems to be someone who's more high-profile in that cast. Yeah. Um, so. I, but, I, I mean, I would be surprised if... Because they, they said Cordelia already. I'd be surprised if Sumia and Cordelia... Because then yeah, we also have... Yeah, they're, they're too Kanoka similar, and, I guess. And we could get White Wings or And Sita's basically like almost certain yeah i don't know just yeah, personally I, I don't know. speaking well, that roster kind of killed all my interest in the game and it's not out yeah. of like spite it's just you know that's not really what i want to spend money on and play no me neither i i no, think that sure the thing they're going to yeah i think the thing they're going to do is try and get people in later with dlc stuff which is yeah what they did with hyrule warriors um and they made i don't think they'll do like an extra edition because it doesn't really make sense they they did the 3ds version of hyrule warriors which had like more stuff in it but at this point i mean they they basically said in in uh, developer interviews they said like they did this for the first one but if there's interest they'd love to do a sequel and then maybe that's when we could see characters that we actually want to (laughs) see Yeah, I mean, this like this is business number one move right here. It's like, look at all yeah, these people is. who it bought is. these 3DS games. They like these waifus. Uh, let's give them yeah. what they want. So, I don't begrudge them yeah. picking the popular characters at all. It's just, no, I don't. You know, personally, now I'm not interested. You know, that's all. It's no. still a smart move. All all I wanted was to run around a field with Hector and murder people with a giant axe. Yep. That's all I wanted. But they can't yeah, that, do that to that'd me. That'd be cool. So. I mean, you're cl- uh, you know, you know what, listen. You know what I wanted. You know what I wanted? Because, I mean, people talk about how, like, oh, they picked Agatha. That was so cool and, and random. Yeah. I want to play as fucking Merlinus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's tent. amazing. Yeah. He just rolls that's, around. That's my number one pick. The oh tent or God. the wagon, Merlinus? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. You, you can decide. <laughs> you just want him to... <laughs> the wagon can be, like, an overdrive special move kind of thing. 
<laughs> He's just That's... normally a tent just going around. <laughs> and just awakening his awakening mode just gets on a cart. <laughs> or or is the tent the special? I don't know. The, I think yeah, I think the tent's the special because you got to give him the wagon. You know, he just just drops mobility. tents from the sky, just rains tents. <laughs> <laughs> if Takami can fucking clone himself for his special stuff, then, well, then yeah. Linus can very true can drop tents. <laughs> uh, so any you've been playing some uh, some FE six, right? I have been. Yeah, it's uh, part of my ongoing Let's Play series of just mm-hmm. never ends. Apparently, because I just... so those those who have listened to your podcast or, or watch your YouTube channel know uh-huh. your love for FE seven and FE eight. Yeah. Um, what do you think of six? Uh, six is a really good game, um, but it's also fucking stressful, right? Like the yeah. thing that defines the GBA era, I think, is. These games are very much they've they've got a lot of like in different iterations you have like stuff in Path of Radiance with uh, I don't know like shoving and stuff which is like a slightly different you know part of the mechanic and I think just the the purest form of Fire Emblem as far as I'm concerned is the GBA it's games because there's Absolutely. no like skills or any bonuses or anything like it's yeah. it's very simplistic. I mean, there's, there's no strength magic split either. Like, right, it's just strength, just magic. Right, but it's not so... like FE three bear either because there is the weapon triangle and stuff yeah right. yeah and also i prefer the kind of the magic stuff that's dealt with in the gba series because it's it's more simple it makes more sense to me um but i think another thing that defines them is some level obscure of obscurity which i think they've gotten away from with the more modern games like if you want to recruit a character in awakening usually you just talk to them with Chrome or they just automatically join you, right? Like, it's one yeah. or the other. It's very simple. Whereas the older games were like, hey, you should pay attention to the story and see who, like, maybe mentions one character or mentions another character, and that's who you have to have on this mission in order to get them on your team. Uh, and so I find myself constantly going to the wiki and being like, okay, there's, like, this checklist of, like, nine different things I have to do on this map. And I'm currently on Chapter 16, which is a castle map in which you have to recruit Hugh by paying him a bunch of money with Roy. You have to recruit Zeiss, who's up in the corner with Melody. Also, Zeiss is sitting on top of the secret shop, which is a great place to get a bunch of items, because at this point, Binding Blade is very stingy with the uh, promotion things it gives you. You have to get away from Douglas if you want to open up Chapter 16X, which means curtailing him round the entire level so that he chases you backwards. And then, if basically, if you open up the door at the wrong turn, he'll come back the other way and basically screw you over because you'll have to... To confront him in one way or another you also have five different chests on two different sides of the map like it is just this balancing act of ridiculousness where if you want to play this map and get every single possible thing out of it it's a ridiculous juggling act um yeah there's also a number of maps in that game that uh to go to guidance which guidance are i mean they're, they're the most important in the series because there's a significant amount of the game that unlocks if you do all the guidance yeah um and, and get all the legendary weapons and whatever. A lot there's a lot of term limit uh, restrictions as well in FE6. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the desert yeah. map as well to unlock that guy in chapter. Yep. You have to. You have <laughs> what to do you think of that one? Oh boy. Uh, so my fun uh, fix for that one is just arena grind Rutger until he's a god, and then just put him down at the south part of the map where all the axe guys spawn, and just let him just slice through them all. Uh, and that fixes a lot of dealing with the enemies on that map. Um, 
but yeah you have to like plan out everything honestly Rucker's just a god he is he's <laughs> absurd jesus he's so good um but yeah because that map is like it's fog of war also there are like seven items hidden in the sand uh also yeah. you need to keep sophia alive also you need to do it in under a certain number of turns like i think literally every map in this game if you want to get everything out of it there's at least three or four different things you have to keep in mind yeah no there there is and what'd you think of a uh, guiding ring i i mean sophia <laughs> uh i haven't used her at all um and i don't think Good. i intend to because she starts no, at level she's... one at like chapter 15 i'm like what the fuck i'm not doing this like she's, she's yeah, a meme uh, although i have to say i was playing she a... she and was... wendy are the two big memes yeah I wendy i six uh reverse recruitment and she's actually like surprisingly okay in that like she's not good but you know when you join level one actually early in the game what's she's i mean what's funny about sophia though is like to fit that est archetype she like her growths aren't even that fantastic <laughs> to begin with no she's right. like an early like, game she's like an urk that they just kind of plopped in late game at level one so it's like why bother hmm. well, but i i would say urk is is like statistically if you look growth wise is, is superior to her well yeah but everyone in fc7 has better growths Oh, that's okay. I just mean like compared Um, to the game that they're in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking now. She has a 30% speed growth, which is to be desired when your base speed is four. (laughs) Speaking of um, (laughs) complicated cryptic stuff, though, I still remember the chapter like right after you get Lin back, you have to recruit Raven and Lucius, and I actually spent money on the fortune teller, and she said that I had to talk to Raven with the flame-haired beauty, and Ellie would didn't have a talk option with him and it's such such a (laughs) (laughs) come on yeah i think it's kind of interesting how the the gba games have a very straight downward trending line of difficulty (laughs) absolutely yeah 100 percent. like you can you can see like the ridiculousness of six and then clearly seven was made for the west because the difficulty curve on that is way way better uh makes way more sense um and then when you get to sacred stones it's like okay you have a whole map you can grind wherever you want also like we give you a bit more choice here in terms of the the split also all of your units are gods yeah you look at six and like half the cast is worthless but in eight literally everyone is good yeah the the thing that really infuriates me about like the fervor with smash brothers and roy is that like if those people played binding blade they would not like Roy. like he's fucking garbage he's so bad like he's not only is he a bad unit he's like a pretty boring character as well yeah i mean look i i think most lords are generally quite boring um yeah they are so they are like that's not a, a differentiating factor, but this is a controversial opinion that I've expressed in this show several times, and yeah. I don't think I think there's a few <laughs> Fire Emblem games with good stories. Yeah, I would say maybe two. I don't know. I think um, for me, yeah. the top is two. Is Conquest one of them? <laughs> no, I agree. FE2 uh, has a great story. It's so yeah, rich so... and detailed. So playing through Echoes, I really I think that's probably the top of the series at this point. Not only because they brought in voice acting, but it's just it was well written and it made sense and it was very simple uh, it was just effective yeah, i works. thought like good characters um and then i also yeah. really like sacred stones story because i think they do a really yes. good job with leon and the backstory between yes, those they guys do. um and Specifically also on on erica's path i would say yeah yeah absolutely story wise um, but but yeah uh and but yeah, uh volta is just a fantastic villain as well who i, I love so <laughs> what do you think of finally seeing narshan <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Narshin, I don't know. Narshin's, he's he's a, a bit of a nut job as well, but like he doesn't have the same charm that Volta does, you know? Um, so No. I think I'm, part I'm of that Volta's is uh, that it's a fan translation. I think that's also part of why Roy is boring, uh, compare, even compared to the other lords, because you can... Maybe. You know, you can translate accurately. Yeah, and Roy's not like offensively bad character-wise. He's just kind of... It's going to be missing color, you know? Like, if Roy yeah. and Hollywood are both kind yeah. of boring... One's going to be a lot more boring when there's a dry sort of literal translation going on. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm playing definitely. the more recent translation. I don't know who did it, but um, the original ROM that I had was like Shana was called Thani and like uh, was yes. Diek yeah. and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm playing the more the the latest one now, and I think it's much better generally. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the I the interesting agree. thing. Uh, too bad. Though, too bad we can't use that argument with Corin though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what you were saying, Oscar, just about like, oh, you know, spice it up with a interesting well, translation. Well, it was it was still. translated from the fever dream of a five year old, so you know, it it can only convey so well. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the thing with Binding Blade uh, is, I've been enjoying it. It's just it takes a toll on me and especially when you're trying to record something at the same time and making sure you're not fucking up it's just it's a bit yeah. of a stressful affair uh but i do yes, really it like it to the point where my friend uh co-host on the podcast bali he was in japan uh the last month and i asked him if he could find a copy of binding blade to pick it up for me because i thought that would be really cool to have and oh, cool. he did he found a japanese copy so i've got a physical copy of fire emblem six on my way which is that's awesome is great yeah I'm going to pop that into my uh, GBA and, and give that a go in Japanese. I can't wait until you do the same thing with FE4 and then die of boredom because enemy phase takes fucking forever. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to wait on the remakes for all of those, What I you think. need to do with FE4, <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're playing without a speed-up button, is just get another Fire Emblem game going on. Oh, my God. And then you can play that during the enemy phase. That's what Heroes is for, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Designed specifically to... Kill your boredom <laughs> yeah. in FE4 enemy phase. Oh. So, uh, is that it for you? Uh, yeah, I, I just today I just beat the story mode of the first Injustice. Uh, I don't know if you oh. guys know that's uh, the fighting yeah, the game, fighting like game. the DC fighting game. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I'm awful at fighting games, so I just basically put it on Me easy too. and just enjoyed the cutscenes and just beat the shit out of people, and it was really fun. I enjoyed doing that. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, cool. it's a cool story mode because basically it takes you through 12 different chapters and each chapter you play as a different character uh, in, in the game um, so you're basically like learning each character as you go along uh, and you don't have too long like four or five matches with each of them so there's not enough time to get bored of one before you move on to the other um, and yeah it's, it's well written it's a, it's a cool story so I'd recommend people check that out if they want just a quick blast through single player fighting game it's really yeah. good alright good alright Cool. Uh, do any of you guys want to go? I can go, because um, right. I, don't, I don't have much to say. Um, yeah, me neither. I've been playing a lot of Sonic Mania. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have a lot to say about this one as well. Yeah. So So that's good. Uh, it's really fun, and I actually managed to... What, uh, what platform have you been playing? Switch, uh, which I just bought. Switch. Yeah. Oh, you got a Switch? I didn't know that. That's yeah. That's great. Now you, now you too can play Mario plus Rapids Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Can, yes. And I should probably get a second game for it at some point, so maybe that's a good choice. I mean, Breath of the Wild's always an option. Yeah, we have that on Wii U, though. Just, just, just throwing that one out there. 
Oh yeah, I, on Wii U. Sir? Yeah, I don't really want to buy it twice. Not, yeah, not not worth it. Um, Splatoon two, once again, pretty good one. Yeah, Splatoon's great. But anyway, as you were saying, how's anyway, about Sonic yeah. So I have uh, you know some level of nostalgic affection for the older 3D games, like on the Dreamcast and GameCube and stuff. But they're pretty clunky and not great. And <laughs> you know, Mania just has that really tight design that the classics did, which is really nice. Um, you know, you can tell that there was a lot of care put into it. Um, there's some stuff that's just kind of weird if you haven't, like if you're just playing it on its own. Like it randomly turns into Poyo Poyo uh, for one boss, which is kind of nonsensical. It's fun, though. It's fun, yeah, no, but if you're just like jumping in blind, it makes no sense. You, got, you have to have some prior knowledge of this. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's a game so for easy, fans. You don't have to, but it's just totally random and not. Like, imagine if you were playing Fire Emblem Mania or whatever, and then well, it's suddenly Tetris for one boss. You know, it's... <laughs> I mean, okay, the, the reason they did that is because it's it's owned by Sega, who also owns Puyo Puyo, so it was, like, a little Sega. I reference. believe it's also a callback to Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, right? Like that's yeah, that's, yeah. I think, more of what Oh, was. that game. I, I remember playing that as a kid. Really? Yeah, wow. that, was, that was a real thing. I'm surprised. And so, Husser, how far in are you? Because um, the the game actually, you're saying it's so easy. It it I didn't it, say it was you know, so easy. It's it gets pretty difficult. No, and oh. there's, I generally like the design. I do have to say, there's a little bit of Sonic Advance Three syndrome going on, where there will be like a platform that'll like be rising up like off the screen. So then you'll hop on, and then it'll suddenly crush you. Uh, and there was stuff like yes. that even in Green Hill Zone. And I'm not a huge fan of like a lot of instant death design. It's yeah, been that's good my about least favorite it's, thing. Yes. Yeah, but there's a my, lot of the, crushing. The zone I've been stuck on, and I just I haven't played it for a week or two, um, is Oil Ocean Zone, which oh, has those... Oh, it's the like, worst. Yeah, it's the worst. It has those rising platforms because there's like, the, the heat below it or whatever. So they, they jump up, and there's usually spikes on both sides. And, and just so often, I'll just be going fast, like, after a spin dash or something. Then I'll, like, just bump into it and then die. <laughs> it's the platform goes back down. It's it's bad. Uh, Oil it's Ocean, bad. yeah, and is con- kind of the only returning zone that I think really did not deserve to come back, honestly. No, yeah. I, I think Oil Ocean is by far the worst one. Not only because the boss is annoying as hell, uh, but... The level itself, I don't think, is that interesting in terms of its design, and it's a level that forces you to move through it as quickly as possible and not stop and explore because of the mechanic where the fire heats up and you just start yeah. ticking down and losing rings. So, like the the level pressures you to just get to the end of it and not Un- unless actually you have go a flame anywhere. shield, but you still lose rings. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Even if you have the shield, he must have known that that level was annoying, or he wouldn't have taken a gimmick from Sandopolis into it, which is yeah. like the most annoying level in the otherwise really good Sonic 3. But, yeah, so I have, um, I played through Sonic and Tails first, and I'm terrible at special stages, so I got, like, one emerald and no blue spheres. And then I got to <laughs> wow. um, Titanic Monarch. And there's a very archaic uh, piece of design, which is that when you run out of lives, you have to start the entire zone over. So I got yep. crushed a bunch yep. in Titanic Monarch, and I got to the boss with, like, two lives, and I just didn't figure it out. And then I really didn't want to play Titanic Monarch again because it's like a 20-minute level. So then I just started a Knuckles playthrough, and I'm on uh, Oil Ocean in that, and I've gotten like three emeralds because I'm 
sort of learn the special stages better. I also beat like two blue spear levels for the first time ever. Oh, nice! I could never oh, wow. beat those. I kind of, I sometimes I just avoid them because I don't find those special zones that fun. Yeah, I really I didn't like really those like them either. But the stuff they unlock. I do is like cool. the new special zones. Yeah, the uh, new ones are like KSM playing F Zero, really cool. basically. You yeah. know, like it's real cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I right. actually managed to not spoil myself on some of the. Well, really, like one of the levels, but. You know, other than the original zones, I was just so delighted when Metallic Madness popped up because, oh, I guess I've ruined that moment for everyone else now. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I've not played. I don't know what that zone is, so it's from uh, okay. it's from Sonic CD. Um, okay, I've not okay. played. But I used to like the the port that came out in like 2011 or something. I was on yeah a, on on iOS. Yeah, I was in uh, yeah. like staying in ho a hotel in India, and I was just playing the shit out of that whenever I got back. Uh, you know, to home. <laughs> So I, I played nice. a lot of Sonic CD back then, and it was really cool. Back in India. <laughs> well, I was on I was on a trip seeing family, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's such a nice you know surprise because I did not expect that because it's not a particularly popular or well known stage. Right. Because yeah, you know, Sonic did... CD in general. Yeah, of... I still I still think my one of my favorites is definitely still Chemical Plant Zone. Just the gimmick they they yeah put in, that's, in um, the, the second act. That bouncy incredible. stuff is actually also from Sonic CD. There's a level called Wacky Workbench, which it's kind of annoying. Oh, really? But it's also kind of cool. Uh, the design. It's so it's like, so Portal Two. It's yeah, so yeah it is two. absolutely. Portal Two. The gel that bounces you way up, and then you have to like navigate to the right over it. And if you mess up and fall down, it'll bounce you, and you'll have to like climb back down and then jump across. It's pretty cool. Huh. That's interesting. I thought that was yeah. a brand new mechanic for this game, and I think the thing for me so is, as someone who's not played a lot of the old Sonic games, this entire game was basically new to me. Like, I've played the first couple levels of Sonic 2, so I knew Chemical Plant, obviously Green Hill is like every in every Sonic game. Um, okay. But after that, everything was completely fresh to me and th there are a bunch of mechanics in there which i'm like this clearly is like invented for this game because they couldn't have done this back in the day like there's some really cool yeah. stuff in the late game that just surprised me and just like wow they're just gonna the new zones do this idea too. yeah they're really good yeah but the um the new stuff is really good and the they would take like old level gimmicks or old stuff and incorporate it in really interesting ways like there was a special stage in sonic 3 where you had to like drove around on those balls and then they turned it into an actual stage gimmick instead of just a special stage yeah. in, uh, in the final level it's just really cool yeah I, this this is for hoping that uh we get a sonic mania 2 where there's more, more new stuff instead yeah. of remixed yeah i'd love no, that not that the remix stuff is bad the remix stuff is still very very good the only yeah. other thing um, i have to say before we move on is that they made like every boss after like the first couple of levels into like a big set piece and honestly i think that's yes. kind of more annoying than it is cool i mean a lot of them are much easier once you yeah, replay i'm fucking them. i'm looking at you oil ocean act and, two boss okay metal sonic Fuck is that not boss. that bad once you figure out how to do it but that takes so yeah. long because it's not at all yep. clear right absolutely and it's not really fun either yeah yeah those yeah. um yeah i definitely think that if you get to the point where you can do um the infinite lives trick you should do that because it just makes the rest of the game just a much smoother experience i was on press gardens when i was like ah you know this boss is annoying me i don't want to deal with this so i just looked up online if there was a way to get a bunch more lives and there's this one area i think in act one 
where you can just basically you can get the the bounce power up and you can just bounce near this pot that infinitely spawns enemies and just rack up points until you get 99 lives um and that's what i did so i just sat there until i had 100 lives and then i just played through the game and especially when i got to oil ocean i died on that boss like 12 13 times in a row which would have meant i would have had to play through the level like five times otherwise yep. which sucks because that level is like the worst like level in the game fun level. uh so yeah. i saved myself a lot of uh annoyance by doing that um so yeah pro tip really, if you want to do that like lives were kind of already an outdated archaic concept for oh 100 back in 1994 and it's been over 20 years since then yeah <laughs> and the 10 minute timer oh my god that was a terrible idea to bring back especially with the giant bosses that take like three minutes it's just not Run through an entire stage yeah you get bodied because you can't figure it out in time yeah, it could be worse but yeah overall yeah. really good i'm very happy with it um all right uh chef what have you been playing uh i've mostly just been playing the new xcom <laughs> expansion this is xcom 2 expansion right yeah war yeah. The, war of the chosen nice it's funny because this uh Metroid, right yeah this expansion came out on the same like? day as mario plus rabbits so that was oh. a weird one. <laughs> oh, they know <laughs> yeah they <Bye>. do <laughs> but yeah so xcom 2 it's pretty much the expansion it pretty much adds like the nemesis system from what, what was the game Blood shadow of mordor shadows, shadows of mordor, of mordor. Yeah. yeah it pretty much adds the nemesis system from that it's where you just now have like three like sort of super bosses well not really super bosses but they just like sh- will show up randomly throughout throughout the mm-hmm. game just to like sort of just mess with you or try to capture your soldiers and whatnot yeah and it's it's really fun actually <laughs> like there's there's uh an assassin that you know will just randomly just stab you on certain maps and be invisible so you have to like sort of grind to a halt on your progression instead of just just beelining towards the objective you sort of have to like stop and like position yourself to just like catch her when she's when she stabs someone then you got like the hunter who pretty much just spends the entire entire time just in the back of the map just constantly shooting you which is kind of annoying but it's really fun because you just have to keep pushing forward with that one, and then you have the then you just have the warlock, which he just constantly like mind controls your units or puts um, mental effects on them. So you have to like kill him with like whoever is still capable of shooting. And it's so just... it's like a bunch of berserk stabs. Yeah, <laughs> there's mind control, then there's disorientation. Which, like, you can shoot, but you can only move, like, half distance, and you can't use any abilities. And then you have mm. Panic, where they just, like, freak out and just, like, crawl into a ball and start crying. Ah, uh, yes, the Devon But I gotta say, I think I think the expansion is probably, like, one of the most fun I've ever had, like, playing a game, a strategy game before. Wow. I think it... I think if... I think I will honestly say that the expansion is just better than Fire Emblem. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, this is coming from the mod of the sub right Yeah, I think too. that means that you uh you lose your mod ship, right? Hey, I think that hey, means you're off the pod. Go start your own XCOM podcast. Yeah, I'll yeah. get right on it. Get Beagle. 
but no, it's just it's just so fun. I will say if you're if you're like a fan of like turn based strategy, which I'm assuming most people are because they're listening to a Fire Emblem podcast. Mm-hmm. Just go. Nah, I hate turn based strategy. <laughs> just go <laughs> go get XCOM two and the War of the Chosen expansion. So I, it's hard. It's just I so fun. That- I heard that this expansion also adds Fire Emblem elements in terms of, like, bonds between units. Is that uh, something yeah. that's been interesting? Yeah, there's, ex- there's okay. actually sort of a support system. Yeah. Where... Sheffin, hold on. But but can you date your nemesis? No. Ah, uh, see, I'm out then. <laughs> no, there, there's a type of support system where if your soldiers, like, go on missions long enough, they'll form a bond mm-hmm. and... So- so the bond, they'll get like sort of increased aim and sort of uh, will. And there, you also get some special effects. Like you can give your out, you could give your bond partner a, a an action point, so they can like move or shoot again. And does, then also does that stuff the... take effect only if they're like near each other, or is it if they're in the same mission? Or uh, they have to be on the same mission. Okay. And some 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 have to some effects. They have to be like right near. Like, there's an aim boost that you get for being adjacent. And then there's also, like, a clear mental, all mental effects if you're, like, adjacent to them. And then so, like, one when one of them you're... dies, uh, do they get, like, a bloodlust bonus? Yeah, they actually, like, go berserk and they just sort of just, like, go full-on Rambo at whatever killed their bond partner. <laughs> so you could, like, strategically kill people yeah. off to get the bonus. <laughs> yeah, you could strategically build friendships and then just kill them off just to get the easy kill um, on a boss. You know what? I do wish wow. that was in Fire Emblem. Yeah. <laughs> just strategic <laughs> suicide. I mean, that's like Shadow Dragon, basically, but, you know, building yeah, on it more. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's also, like, covert ops. So it's like you pretty much, like, take some of your soldiers and send them out to do, like, other things. So okay. you can now like start building up soldiers and get resources. So it's like some covert ops, like oh, you know, we can reduce the avatar progre- progress, and the avatar progress is like the end game, not end game. It's sort of what you're working against. If the aliens complete the avatar project, then you just lose. So it's like they can. There's covert ops to reduce that. There's ops to like get supplies and intelligence. But there's also, like, rewards for certain ops where you can, like, oh, get more aim or you can get a promotion or you can increase your, like, intelligence. Or Is this, like, just sending people out on missions and then waiting for them, for, for them to come back and bring you stuff, essentially? Pretty much, yeah. Though there are okay. sometimes. There's actually, like, sort of risks. There's, like, some risks. Some Some missions, they'll have a chance to get wounded. So then they'll just be out and they can't be sent on any more covert ops or... Okay. But you're not actually, like, playing these, right? You're just being like, go and do this and bring me stuff. Right. Okay. Right. So it's like... Unless um... they get ambushed, in which case then you have to take whatever soldiers you deployed and extract them out. Okay. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five's kind of, like, base building stuff where you'd send people yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really fun. I would recommend... You heard it here first better than fire emblem yeah quote it on my tombstone <laughs> wow that would be really sad like all your friends and family are around and they're like <laughs> it's man just, xcom 2 war of the chosen better than fire emblem <laughs> Steve, chef and everyone's just crying <laughs> just profusely weeping <sighs> we thought we knew chef <laughs> someone in a big crom costume just dances on your grave <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'd like to tell that guy to get off my grave. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's pretty much all I've been playing, aside from like minor heroes, but don't want to talk about that. And I assume, Devin, you've just been playing yourself, so I think we're ready to... Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. Well, there's nothing to follow up. You're done. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about one or two things quickly. Um, I have not been playing a lot of games recently, because uh, I moved into college, so... Rip. It's pretty pretty cool. And I was in Scotland for two weeks, so that that was great. Double rip. Um yeah. A rip? <laughs> Why is that rip? Hey man, I live in Scotland. Uh, yeah. He lives where I went. <laughs> yeah, literally oh, li- it, living, it living's different. From is that how this yeah. came together? You like bumped into him at the pub or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you're F E Z We were both just wasting it's like yeah. oh, do you like fire emblem? <laughs> you know, I got a, a podcast po- on that. Yeah, I, I got a podcast. I got a podcast too, man. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will have you know uh that, you know, my Fire Emblem podcast is the first thing that I bring up to women that I meet. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, hey baby, you wanna see my bit. listener count? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> go on. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've been playing a game called Battle Block Theater. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, I've been playing uh, it. Yeah, I've been playing it with uh, with with Gwim, and um, it's it's pretty fun. It's I'm surprised on how much I've been enjoying it. But uh, in some ways, I shouldn't be surprised because Castle Crashers is is really great. Um, and uh, that's a game made by the same developer. Um, I don't even uh, they're the, they're the dudes who did um, Alien Hominid, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was their first project. Yes. Here's something weird, Devin. Um, it's been like 13 years since Castle Crashers came out. Yeah, how fucking weird is that? It came out in 2005 on Xbox Live. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, we're old. Yep. We are old. That was like the start. first, I'm... hey, this is an indie game kind of thing as well. Like, mm-hmm. boy. I need to go mm-hmm. back and finish it. I played like the first third with Theo like five years ago <laughs> I haven't touched it since it's always like the weirdest when you go back to like play a game especially on like Xbox or Steam and you get like an achievement and it's like last achievement yeah. seven years ago <laughs> like oh no <laughs> wow. um, yeah so so I've actually I've been enjoying Battle Block um, for those of you who don't know it's, it's a couple years old at this point it's gotta be like what 2012 or 13 something around there um, if it's older than that, I'll feel old. But uh, Battle Block is a game where you're—it's—it's it's honestly kind of hard to explain. Like, it's a 2D platformer, uh, team-based, but um, it's also like very collectible-based because you have to collect. Uh, I think it's what is it? Gems? I think it's gems. Is it kind too. of like when you play two-player in like the new Mario games, but like no. actually designed for that? So it's not a big clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's a lot more features, and uh, I like like it more than the new 2D Mario's. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I, I don't think that's, think that's uh, very controversial, honestly. The no, I was just Mario trying Brothers. to draw a parallel. I am yeah. not. No, honestly, the new Super Mario Brothers has just been a little bit a of a tangent. Nightmare. The, the only 2D, Mo- only new 2D Mario that I think is worth playing is is New Super Mario Bros. U, which is the one that no one has played because that it's that's like a legitimate. Pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. 
Like that's the, that's um, legitimately a pretty good game. The best thing Too bad about it took that game four times to make the same game to, yeah. to get a good one. The best thing about that game is well, actually it, I think I think the first the DS one is excusable. Yeah, uh, DS one is good, but um, I had a lot of fun with Bally playing the multiplayer of that game. Not yeah, not going through fun, the man. levels together, but there's like a secondary challenge mode where. Like, right, Th- that's very fun as well. Yeah, so where you like one person's on the gamepad putting down blocks, and the other person's like jumping and hoping that the other person like captures them with the blocks, like doing all these challenges mid air and stuff. Uh, and that shit's really fun, um, which yeah. no one ever talks about because like no one played the Wii U, so you know. <laughs> no one played that fucking game. Yeah, it's a launch title too. That was the, that was their <laughs> that was their big launch title. Fucking yeah. New Super Mario Brothers too. <laughs> I mean, I understand why they would put a lot of like clout behind it because the first or the the Wii version of that game sold like thirty million copies. It's like yep. one of the most yep. best selling games on of all time, just generally actually. Yeah, the the 3DS one sold surprisingly well because I guess 3DS and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, man, I I really have not played that much. I I've been playing Castlevania. Uh, which Symphony one? Of the Night, which okay, think, nice. Symphony of the Night, which I think I might have talked about like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I I have like an hour left, and I just I just haven't haven't done it. By an uh, hour left, I'm, you I'm, mean I'm, of just the normal castle or the no, upside the, down? No, the reverse castle. Okay, nice. It's yeah. because this podcast is a creature of chaos. It may take many incarnations. <laughs> a creature of chaos. Um, man, Castlevania Symphony Night is is a really good game. Mm-hmm. That's not a controversial <laughs> I, I, statement. Con- <laughs> once again, controversial <laughs> opinions here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a video game, and I'm very very excited for Bloodstained because, unlike Mighty Number no. Nine, it doesn't look like we're gonna get a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Mighty Number no. Nine. I, I like games and that I, aren't piles I say of shit. this as a backer, but Mighty Number no. Nine was pretty obviously going to be shit like years before yes, it, it actually came out. Yes, it was. Yeah, people weren't that surprised. I mean, they were, but like, um, I mean, like the la- last year or two of that game's development, it, it was looking, it was looking fishy. And yeah, you could, you could see it coming. It wasn't. Yeah, you, you definitely could. Um, man, I've, I've been playing some, some Echoes as well nice uh, that's a fire emblem game that i can talk about because we i think we mentioned this um we uh we did a an auction draft who is it it was me Hustler, was it, uh, keegan. You. yeah, yeah and keegan and me um oh yeah, yeah i've been, I've been enjoying that, that. But... i found the i found the crazy revelation that if you make a cla- or if you make a unit a mercenary mercenary they're good um <laughs> well, and it's rebel. wild <laughs> it's it's revolutionary <laughs> But <laughs> it's 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 certainly true, um, and Sonic Mania is is probably the game that I've played the most. A lot. Oh, Splatoon Two! That's a game I haven't talked about. Okay, <laughs> Splatoon Two is great. Uh, it I think it makes some questionable design decisions. That, that's in some ways a regression based on um, the previous game. Uh, that that actually is a little bit controversial. I found um, specials are not as good and. Uh, it's a different kind of balance, and and you could argue for or against it, but um, I I think it makes gameplay a little bit more monotonous than it was previously. Hmm. And uh, the the other big problem with Splatoon Two is a problem that will be fixed uh, most definitely, and and that's the problem. There's there's certainly certainly much more to do in this game now, uh, two months later than there was uh, in Splatoon One, and and I know because I bought Splatoon One, I, I think it like second week of release wasn't quite 
wasn't quite release date, but I, what I think there were five maps. <laughs> it in, was four maps, I launch. believe. It was four, four on four day maps. one. Yeah. It was four maps on day one. Yeah. Uh, not many weapons, only splat zones, and they did a weird thing where you couldn't even play ranked until like a certain threshold of people reached level ten. It was so level twenty, just... actually. I think. I think yeah. everyone had to reach was level twenty. Yeah, it w and then um, they would unlock it for everyone, basically. Oh my god. Which was really weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, that was weird. But they also um, discovered that, hey, we shouldn't have the level cap at 20 because people did this in like a day. And so yeah, I remember, Splat I remember Splatoon that. 2's leveling curve is way harder. Like, it's so yeah, much it's, experience you need for each level. It's it's almost like a necessity to use the uh, Sheldon or... Not not Sheldon, what the fuck's his name? Krusty Sean. Krusty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, use, yeah, the, the yeah, use, you need. use the... Um, yeah, use the uh, the food, the um, the the XP bonus. Uh, but but my problem with Splatoon two is, I don't know. It's 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 got a very Call of Duty esque feel in that it it's it doesn't it's not as bad as Call of Duty because you don't get one every year. Uh, I mean, this was two years later, but it's it's so similar. Uh, yeah. it's it's a great game because I love Splatoon. And I think Splatoon 2 is especially great if you, you never had a Wii U. Um, but I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. And, and stuff like Salmon Run, these additions that they, they added, are fun. But on day one of this game, there was only one new weapon type. And that was yeah. the Duelies, which which basically just feel like a normal splatter shot, except you can hit a button and, and roll. Uh, they added the new the, the umbrella, the Splatbrella. But that was yeah. like a month after launch. Um, it, they've it, been again, a bit slower, I think, in terms of introducing new, like, brand new stuff. Like, they introduced, they like, hey, there's this new um, thing that was also in the original game. So people who'd already played the original game were like, I've used that before already. I need something yeah. else. So. I don't know. In, I, I don't know. That just when is Splatoon 3 happens, because it'll happen, um, there needs to be some kind of new new addition and and the biggest thing that i think they need to add to the game that's already existing which it wouldn't be a huge shock to me if it came and that's they need a new ranked type mode because there's three rank type modes and they they added those uh sporadically um throughout yeah. the the original game's lifespan and there's the exact same modes in this game yeah honestly uh, i think that's add, what they don't need to add three new modes but at least one would be nice yeah, I think that's what makes it feel the most similar to the original is yeah, that they just exactly. they started it off and they're like, "Hey, these are the same modes and we're not adding a new one." Like that mm, mm -hmm. that, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, like, "Come on, guys, like I know that it probably, you know, there's a limitation in terms of how many different types yeah. of modes you can have, but also Ev these guys are creative." Seems more limited. So, it seems more limited in Splatoon 2. Like you you had these crazy specials in Splatoon 1 that I mean, I, I was never a competitive Splatoon player, but no. they didn't seem like as broken as some people made them out to me. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, th another thing that they changed that I don't see anyone talking about is there there used to be... You could do some cool stuff with gear in the first games. Like, you could get damage up and, and defense up, which were two right. good abilities to have. And, and damage up just... It just doesn't exist in, in Splatoon 2. It's, it's now weird situational abilities, like... Oh, if you die a couple times by the same guy, you can respawn like a second faster. It's like, what? <laughs> why? Why would I not just use that on on a you know a slot like, like, swim speed up, <laughs> or or stealth jump or something like that? It, it just, I I don't know. 
I, I feel like I'm sounding down on this game because I, I actually love Splatoon and I think it's a lot of fun. But uh, I don't know. I, it, it just it feels a little tired to me. Um, yeah, but again, I mean, it's, it's, fair. it's still like it is fair. But but I still like would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I still but think that's if the thing. Like, Switch, if, if like you, you didn't owe it to yourself. If you didn't play the original Splatoon, this is one of the best games you can own on Switch right now because it's br- it it's all brand Even new. Even if you to have you. it, like having Splatoon that you can play, like. On the toilet, <laughs> yeah. or at a friend's house, or something. <laughs> like it's pretty cool. Yeah, you couldn't. Hey, you Devin, even it's say so that great to see you. Original. Come in, come in, please sit. Oh, you're playing Splatoon. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll get some, like... some drinks, I guess. Yeah, it's not like we were gonna hang out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I th- so next up on Fire Emblem for me, I I, I will say this because it's a game I I'm planning to get into is I have Shadow Dragon on cart now so oh, no. I would like to Ooh, finally play kind of Shadow hard Dragon. To find, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got it for like twenty twenty five wasn't too bad. I got Shadow Dragon when it came out and I played it for a few hours and I'm like I hate this I never want to <laughs> touch this again. <laughs> so yeah. and oh, you boy. never did. <laughs> nope, never. This is gonna make me sound shallow, but honestly, a big part of why I haven't gotten into the DS games is that they're just butt ugly. Yes, no, one hundred percent. That's why. That's why I hate it so much. Because I'm like, oh, I'm this kid who grew up on these GBA games, which have incredible yep. sprite work and just are colorful and gorgeous. And you go into this, and it's just like slushy fucking mud. It is disgusting. Speaking, speaking of ugly remakes of GBA games, uh, Mario Pl- or Mario Superstar Saga. Oh Mario my Luigi god, Superstar Saga. Uh, great, great game. Uh, I actually haven't finished it. I played about seventy five percent of it, but I, I didn't finish it. Um, yeah, it's one I need to go but, back but, to. But yeah, but stellar game. Uh, I I honestly, I think that that 3DS art style for the Mario and Luigi games, it, it, it's gross. It's so it's bad. awful. It's so bad. I don't know what the it's hell Alpha so Dream bad. was smoking. Like those games. I hear look, people defend it like constantly I, too. I don't know? understand that. It just doesn't make any I don't sense. Either. Oh boy, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with that, we should probably move on to the next segment. Um, so uh, cue the music. Back to Emblemcast episode 27, featuring Emperor MBZ, Lord MBZ, MBZ. I have too many names. <laughs> I just, you're, I, a, you're a man of many names. I know. The, too much. This just happens to be all MBZ. Yeah. With some, <laughs> mm-hmm. with some adjective. Yep. I just, I just give myself titles as the thing. I just wanted to you do. improve myself. So, I, I like how I like how over the years you've kind of slowly like demoted yourself because yeah, you used basically. to be emperor yeah. then you were lord and yeah. now you're just NBC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it official call yourself peasant NBZ. yes no yes. that's that's where we're going that's where we're headed peon, with this perhaps. 100% peon <laughs> or squire don't go full yet squire, squire yeah there we go <laughs> you're, you're working to build yeah. yourself back up to emperor no I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a tra- I'm gonna uh, follow the Ross model and be a trainee as well Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trainee and Yeah, yeah. Trainee. All right. Anyway, so here are questions. We posted a question thread. And if you want your question on the show, you can email us at 
emblemcast at gmail.com. It's pretty pretty easy email to remember there. Not too tough. Uh, so our first question is from HB the Battle. And HB the Battle asks, what Switch <laughs> games are you most excited for? And I responded uh, my own answer in the comments, and that is 1-2 Switch 2 Revelations. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited for when that game... How, how, how was 1-2 Switch, actually? Was it, was it really uh, just the meme game? Not worth $60. Was it I really $60? It, yeah, so it's $60. Um, I was with a friend who had a Switch, and he had money, and I convinced him to get 1-2 Switch because I didn't want to use my own money. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, that's a good I'm idea. A bad, and, I'm a, and I'm a bad friend, and we had fun, in air quotes, with it for two hours, and we haven't played it since. <laughs> Why, why yeah. would you? Why would you get your friend to waste his money like that? Because <laughs> it's not my money. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was down with it, so I was like, okay, I I want to try HD Rumble because there's not exactly. really anything else to. Yeah, that to try that ball that ball count game seems like the only like really it's cool awesome. use. It's it's actually very cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite game on the system is it's like so simple, but it's really fun, and it's just a uh, it's. So I don't remember what it's called, but um, those who have played it will know. Uh, you you have one Joy-Con, and it simulates like a soda bottle, and it's basically like hot potato. So you uh, shake the the Joy-Con, mm -hmm. and you'll mm -hmm. you'll, f you'll feel it vibrate, and then mm -hmm. you know you, you pass it off. Yeah, you, have you played that one? Uh, no, I I just seen the ad for this one, and it's like the the yeah. whole marketing campaign behind this really is like they were pushing it as this kind of. Like, hey, this is this fun thing, but also these yeah. games are kind of like, you know, sexual in some way for adults. <laughs> yeah, they, hey, they, adults, they are how a about little bit sexual. Game? You're you're basically jacking off your your Joy-Con. I mean, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's is. really funny though because it fucking explodes and the Joy-Con vibrates and it, it's it's <laughs> it's so like shocking when it eventually happens. Oh my God. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's worth the sixty dollars just for that. Just also, the 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 gorilla game is fucking fantastic. Oh, where you like <laughs> beating your chest, your chest. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, any, anyways, see, what, yeah, you what? know, one two, one two switch is worth twenty bucks. If you find it for twenty bucks, ever go pick it up. You'll have fun. It's not worth sixty. Uh, but switch games, I'm most excited for. Um, Mario Odyssey is like the easiest choice ever, but I'm very very excited for that game. Um. What else is there? You could pin your hopes uh, on a gamble. Shin Megami Talk Tensei could be fun. Even though we know nothing about it. Yeah, Fire Emblem Switch. Yeah, yeah, that's always something. There's actually a lot of, I mean, a lot of cool um, um, Switch games on the horizon. Uh, Xenoblade 2 is one I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that, Xenoblade 2 is probably my number one. Um, I think Odyssey is probably actually my number one, because Odyssey is a surefire hit, and you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of those games. But... Uh, the original Xenoblade Chronicles is probably in my top five games of all time. Like, I fucking really love that game. And Same. the the focus on story and... It, it was very open, but it was much more linear than its sequel, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, it's weird to say that's the sequel, because this is the sequel as well. It, God, that yeah. series is a bit of a mess. Um, <laughs> but that said, like, this looks like... So the thing that's cool about it is that it's going back to the idea that, hey the world that this is set on is actually like living creatures well, the original they were kind of dead like just husks giants essentially um but this one they're like these titans that like float across this endless sky and just the concept of it has me very excited and the, the thing that scares me is just the frame rate yeah that that's a concern it's, it's a little, um a little worrying. i was watching some of the games com footage and it looked pretty rough 
so I was like, mm, we'll see. Hopefully this does come together. The one thing that um, makes me think maybe it won't... I, I think it will be, because Nintendo generally polish their products, but the fact that Breath of the Wild actually had frame rate issues was kind of a first for Nintendo, and I'm like, mm, it's mm. not it's not great. I hope they don't continue this as, as a thing, um, but we'll see. Yeah, weren't the, um, yeah. Weren't the, wasn't, wasn't like the frame rate on like the Wii U version like pretty bad? No, it wasn't pretty bad. I think it was a solid 30, generally. Like, it it wasn't super smooth. I think the frame pacing wasn't great on it. Uh, but it did keep 30 most of the time. And, like, you can fly your whole fucking mech around that entire world, like, back to front with no loading screens. Um, well, there, there's really the good. whole there's the performance patch that you're supposed to download. Yeah, the performance right? patch just yeah. uh, speeds up loading. It helps with popping and stuff. So that that's definitely a thing you have to do. I wonder if you're going to have to download anything for Xenoblade Two because one of the recent stories has been coming out is for some third party Nintendo Switch games they're going to have to require you to download extra data to an SD card because they just can't mm. fit the entire thing on one yep. Switch cartridge. Um, which hmm. seems like Xenoblade's a big game. It might not, especially if looking at Xenoblade Chronicles X, which well, has I mean, so much extra if, if stuff. If they can fit Breath of the Wild, they could probably fit Xenoblade. They should be able to, you'd think, but also Nintendo's like optimization and um, their ability to compress stuff yeah, seems true. to be that's, that's much true. better. Although the thing is, like, Monolith is owned by Nintendo. Like, Monolith Soft are yeah. a subsidiary of them, and I'm pretty sure that they've shared technology with the Zelda team, uh, clearly, like the, the engines they're using is, is the same, so yeah. hopefully it'll work. Um, but yeah, I just want to I want to know what the story's like. I hope the voice acting's good. Uh, seems like not they are... sure I'm a fan of that art style. Yeah, that's the one thing, um, and I think a lot of people were not a fan of the original Xenoblade games in terms of faces for characters. I never had a problem. Neither I mean, did I. I think Xenoblade I X was worse personally. I actually like the kind of sketched out faces of the original. Um, but yeah, they they've not done a the the real charm and draw of those games is the world, and they do a top notch yeah. uh, job with that. So right, yes, they do. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, we said Odyssey. That's that's definitely a big one. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, there's there's lots of small. That, yeah, that Ellie Noir did. Interesting on Switch. I think I this is going to be an interesting it. test bed because I feel like Rockstar might put GTA Five on Switch. And I think that or or Red Dead Two. I mean, that's mm, so Red Dead Two. I do not think is going to happen, uh, mainly because that is a current probably. generation game, and yep. it's going to yeah. be way too intensive. And Rockstar don't like compromising on their games. They don't want them to be like. They're also know. not the best at optimization. Sure. Yeah, that's that's another problem. The thing with GTA Five is that it was originally released on last generation yeah, hardware, PS3 and, which yeah. means that the Switch is it can run that stuff pretty easily. I would not be surprised if GTA Five ran fine on the Switch. Um, plus, it's already a cash cow for them. Like the online service yeah. for that is ridiculous. What a fucking world we live in. We might get a fucking Grand Theft Auto game on Switch. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna live in a world where Skyrim what and GTA world. are on Switch on a Nintendo yeah, platform. What, what is this? Uh, I guess Skyrim's Crazy. an interesting one. Uh, if none of you have played that, I don't know because I've never mm-hmm. played it you myself. I, you know what? I wouldn't mind. Speaking of ports, I wouldn't mind like a Persona Five Gold on, on Switch, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Persona Five Crimson, That'd perhaps. Cool. That's uh, yeah, Crimson. Yeah. <laughs> what's that? Or what's the one dancing all night long? Uh, yeah, Persona, dancing all night. They actually announced <laughs> two more Persona dancing games for three and five. Yeah, f- so, for three and five. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I want uh, my what, what uh, NES Shin Megami Tensei dancing in? all night game. 
I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, they, they, there's a there's stuff that has been announced that I'm not super excited about, like the Yoshi and Kirby game. Neither of which. Oh really my god. I've... Do anything. Yeah. For no. Me. Continue. Sorry. I mean, Kirby looks cool, uh, but Kirby's Metroid always Prime the same. 4. Yeah, that's, oh, the, that's yeah, the big Metroid one. Oh, yeah, Metroid Prime 4. How the fuck did I forget about Prime 4? I mean, yeah, we don't know anything about it. I don't care, it's Metroid. <laughs> all, all, all we know is that it's Metroid and it's Prime 4. I don't care, it's Metroid and HD on the Switch. <laughs> that's all I need to know. <laughs> and before it's Other M. <laughs> I'm happy. Nope, no, We know that Other Retro M doesn't isn't exist. doing that's, it. That's, Other M is actually, it, it's, a, it's a falsity. That's, that's not a game that was ever created. <laughs> Other M is the only game to ever physically hurt me. Uh, <laughs> try, just try, like, trying to play with the D-pad on the... Yes, it, it, it literally shredded my, my thumb. Trying to play uh, that game with a D-pad on the Wii remote uh, made me oh want to just so throw bad. my controller out the window. <laughs> then the fucking shitty stuff I had to... Uh, not that Other M exists, but no. how, how you had to, like... Swap the Wiimote around and use the the pointer to fire missiles. Mm -hmm. and you could only do it in like a prime esque three D like yep. first person perspective. That made combat really what fluid. Really fluid combat. And those, are the those are the people that are making uh, Fire Emblem Warriors now. So so be happy with that, guys. Yeah, thank God they just uh, people remember that Other M had mm -hmm. a terrible story. They don't remember that it was also a terrible game to play. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> aside, aside from Prime Four and Odyssey, like. There's clearly a lot of stuff that's going to be coming to the system, but Nintendo yeah. seemed to be I mean, keeping their hand just right got, now. We literally just got L.A. Noir announced, and yeah, and, and that's coming out. In they said two it's coming months. out in November, and it's September. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, way to date the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the sorry. recording. Yeah, when this comes yeah. out in December, now not. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one will love us when when GTA Six is actually released <laughs> mysteriously. <laughs> On yeah. the Switch. We've actually we've been getting some interesting announcements recently, like that iPhone-esque looking Secret of Mana remake. Yeah. Uh, See, the thing that's really weird about that is it's not on the Switch, but what they do have on the Switch is the Secret of Mana trilogy. Vita, yeah, it is on Vita. The Secret of Mana trilogy that's out in Japan, which includes the yeah. third game that was never localized, and right. I don't think they're going to do the work on that to bring that to the West. So <laughs> I don't no, know. They don't want to do the you know the the work to localize a script, but they will just make a a new game. <laughs> yeah, they will. It's um it's weird. I don't know. Like I I always uh in terms of like Fire Emblem, I was always under the impression that they would never go back to like the old Japanese games and like retranslate them like people wanted them to do with Mother Three. Um, mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm pretty sure we're just going to get those games again in terms of like remakes. So yeah, that's probably just happen. I think. Um, yeah. Which yeah, because like Echoes didn't smash any sales records, but it did well by their standards. You know. Yeah, it, I think it, it met sold, their expectations. It sold like eighty percent of all stock. I mean, it was also like the best selling. I think it still is the best selling game in in Japan uh, of this year. I mean. For 3DS, or I wouldn't say overall, would I? I think it, I think it might be overall. Well, 3DS. I, I remember. Seeing I would say. I would say definitely, definitely 3DS I because like nothing else. 3DS. Yeah, nothing else has happened yeah. in the 3DS. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we can move on to the next question. Um, what do you guys? Uh, this is a two-part question from Crash Boom Bang, and it says, "What do you think of the FE6 cast?" Uh, NBZ, do you want to start off because you've been playing that game recently? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I think generally 
they're okay. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing being like as characters. There's nothing that stood out to me that much. And maybe that's because it is a translation, um, and so I'm not getting you know the subtleties of you know what the characters would be like in the Japanese original. Um, but Roy I... was originally an offensive gay stereotype, but they removed okay. his personality. Right, no. <laughs> that that makes sense. I understand now. Um, yeah, what you don't know is Lot and Wade are the deepest characters in the series. Yeah, I think the uh, thing how, that how, have you gotten any supports? Uh, yeah, I've got. A, I've had a few. I've been doing Clarine Rutger, which seems like one that makes sense. Um, they take I need, so I've, long in Epi Six. Yeah, I've so I've been trying so to do uh, Roy Lilina, which is the obvious one. Um, yeah, uh, I want to see that one through for sure. The thing that um, I think the thing that endears me to FE Six more than anything is the fact that these characters are all related to characters in FE Seven. Um, like the idea that you know Lilina is Hector's yeah. daughter—that's really cool to me. I just like that, um, and the, I think you meet Carol later on in the game as well. Like a yeah. lot yes, of um, like characters that. Were orig- it's really weird because it's basically Star Wars uh, where you have the game that was the sequel and then they made the prequel um, so it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to see like Hector was originally just this bearded dude who dies at the beginning and no one knows anything about him but then they made him into this awesome character in the next game um, are, are you familiar with how Carol works in FE6? Uh, I don't, I don't know no. oh. I, I'll, I'll just tell you because you'll, you'll get a kick out of this okay um, so he joins at level 19, promoted Swordmaster, uh-huh. uh, and he is one level, but he has the highest growth rates in the series for that one level. Wow. I'll read them off for you right <laughs> They're now. all over 100%. He has, I'm, I, I have it up right now. HP is 210%. Oh, my God. S- strength is uh, 130. Skill is 140. Speed is 140. Luck is 120. Defense is 110. And res is 100. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. That's really funny. That's also yeah. why reverse recruitment That's is funny. great because you get Carol first, and he's got yeah, those growths. Oh my god, Jesus! Granted, he's, he, has, he has he has he like, has zero and everything. He has zero everything except like four skill. Yeah, but oh, he also has single digit HP. But he just like <laughs> grows past matter. it like instantly. <laughs> That's insane, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I th- I think. Um, I, as characters they haven't stood out to me much as units in terms of like their ability to do anything on the field i've definitely found that there's a lot of dead weight like a huge amount of dead weight there are so many um like you get that one chapter where you get the three knights which wendy is one of them and They're then so... oh like oh, yeah. whoever they are bath or something i can't remember their okay. names. anyway yeah it's Barth like, and OJ. oj yeah oj Barth like and oj n- none of those i like you, I think you just get. He's just like a war steak, like basically, up yeah. Like they, they, you just get a bunch of dead weight characters that are just there for like, hey, in case anyone dies, you have some people to fall back on. But these aren't very good people to fall back on, so good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it just seems like they throw a lot there's of. Also, shit at I, you. I don't know if you've noticed. There's a ton of pre-promotes in in FE6. Like yeah. A ton. I don't know. I've had. I. I feel like I bench most of them. Some of them. But... Some of them are very good. Uh, like, okay. have you gotten Percival yet? I don't think I have. No. Uh, are you on hard? Pers- are you on hard mode? No, I'm just playing through normal. Uh, then you won't get to meet the glory that is hard mode, Percival. But okay. you won't have to play <laughs> the horror that is hard mode, Chapter Seven. Yeah. So so hard hard mode Percival is like better <laughs> than than Alan and. Uh, What's the Lance. Other one? Lance. Lance. Yeah. Lance. Alan and Lance, like straight up. They were originally called Sword and Lance, but they thought it would be too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, dead weight characters is like pretty much throughout the series until you get to like FE nine, where you start getting like ability or tools to like make characters less dead weight. Like FE nine, you get hmm. the you get forging and the BXP dumps and that sort of get yeah. stuff yeah. like that throughout. I mean, a big part of it also of is in the GBA games, dead weight characters are at their least interesting. Like in FE four. Tiltu is not very good, but she has wrath, so she's at least interesting. You know, if you want to do the unique thing with her, you can, and you'll get something out of it, even if it's probably not worth it. You know, right, and like and the, like the lack of skills, skills and stuff in the GBA yeah. games makes deadweight characters just hey, they're extra bonus people if you need them, but you probably won't. So, right, I'm just gonna sit there. It, yeah, it boils them down to just stats, right? And I guess growth, but it's like if they're supposed to be replacements. If the first people were good enough to not die, why would you ever need the replacement? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least they're yeah. like, uh, in, in Sacred Stones, at least they have the split uh, promote to allow you to, like, have different classes if you want. Like, if you want to use um, Marissa? Marisha? Marissa? Yeah. Marissa. 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 Yeah. Marissa. If you want to use her, you can make her an assassin and, and leave Joshua as your swordmaster. So, um, yeah. you know, like having diversity, I guess. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on then to the last part of that question, uh, which is, what is your favorite cast in the series? And you, you could take that, you know, however you like, unit-wise, just because strength or character-wise, well, whatever. Well, cast, cast is characters. You... That's true. So char- Okay, yeah, we'll say character-wise. Well, why don't you, why don't you go, Devin? You read the question. Um, hmm. Probably FE8. See, people keep saying uh, that, and I don't really understand why, because they don't seem to have a lot going on that others don't, to me. I don't know, they just... I, I think designs are pretty varied in that game, and, and there are some surprisingly well-written and, and, and pretty, you know, deep characters, like like Dussel, Dussel, I don't know how you pronounce it. Dussel, yeah. Uh, Dussel. Um, Dussel. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> just, like... Characters are so fucking charming in that game. I, I, yeah, don't, I don't know I, how to explain it. I, I think, They're so colorful and, and fun. I think Sacred Stones is definitely up there for me. And I think the reason why is the plot that it sets out is very easy to follow. And so you have you have these, um, like you have whatever you call them, the villains at the start. Because there's that one scene where uh, like you have all the villains assembled in that one room and their personalities right. are pretty out there and you you have them as like markers along your quest every time you come across one of them and defeat them like it seems more significant um and so like you have that one map with uh the the desert map which is probably one of the most memorable maps in that game i think with volta on yeah. one end yeah. and um yes. Kaelak at the other end and, yeah, and that's you, when Eric and Ephraim meet back up. Exactly, well. yeah. And you also have like the personal stories of like you want Cormac to kill Volta because he's getting revenge right. for the death of his brother. And also, you want Joshua they, they, to kill Kaelak. Except for most people, Cormac they... doesn't even exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they do some cool stuff though, like like you said with Joshua. Like he's just a random dude, and then he ends up yes. being. I won't spoil it for people that haven't played it, but like pretty plot relevant. Like, yeah, like, and I only. I, know, um, just, in, I mean, he's basically Levin. Pretty character that you like, or um, huh? Elfin, Levin and Elfin kind of do the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I suppose, but I don't know. The, in and again, just design wise, I I think uh, 
They're very well designed. And personality-wise, there's not too many gimmicky characters, um, which is true for the GBA games in general, but you did you did have a couple uh, here yeah. and there. I think, and I think the, the strongest thing Sacred Stones does is having those flashbacks with Leon yes. because it establishes yes. this context between the characters and Leon a is reason... Just a, he's such a stellar villain. Yeah, exactly. It, like, it establishes a reason for why there's this conflict with Erica and Leon. Like It, it makes sense and... It, it means that you're going after someone who doesn't just have the motivation of, oh, I'm a bit evil, you know? Like, there's yeah. there's a reason why that's turned that way, and I think that's just very I, interesting. I do think Eric and Ephraim, lord-wise, are probably some of the weaker yeah. lords character-wise. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, I, I do think the cast overall is probably my favorite. Um, how about you guys? I think uh, Echoes does a pretty good job, honestly. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Um, that is a very good answer. Because we were talking about this before, and like I was saying which games have my favorite story, and I was saying Sacred Stones and Echoes. And I think the reason for that is not just the plot, but I think the characters are much more well-defined in those games. Um, I think the voice acting just lends a lot to it, right? Like the idea that you don't have to have this imagined sense of their personality in your head just based on the writing the fact that the voice acting elevates it um i think is is a big deal i don't necessarily think that arm and selica are like amazing characters but i think that what they do with them is is relatively interesting um and uh, yeah yeah and they make they make the thing that's interesting about echoes is every character counts like you never have to bench anyone like everyone's always on the field and so you That's what i like about at least too. yeah you at least get to use everyone right like it, and it it's, makes it's a useful. smaller but but tighter cast and, and you feel i feel like you get to know the characters more that way yeah absolutely as well uh husser or chef what about you guys uh for me i'm actually split i'm split between fe4s mostly gen one cast and awakenings cast actually see i hmm. i really wanted to say fe4 but i feel like the second, because of the lack of supports the, and stuff like that it's it's tough for me to pick that because characters don't get quite as fleshed out see for me i would say gen one actually gets like pretty fleshed out and they sort of get a little I bit mean, more comparatively fleshed out yes. later in the second gen through their kids it's yeah, just mostly the, really the kids bare. are like yeah the kids where the kids are sort of like sort of generic sort of like delmid uh lester and like uh lana <laughs> lana they're like this they're like same like not lana who's uh who's larcy's brother ulster yeah oh, they're, oh, they're they're like the they're yeah. they're basically the same character just like oh you know gotta protect the little sister but it's like Favel, Gen- i like because he's got the protection thing going on but he's also like a bruiser like you can yeah. really tell the, the whole he yeah, his just... mother well in that regard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gen one actually gets like sort of. I really like the Gen one cast, and then Awakening cast. I just find really fun. I just like them all. Yeah, I think uh, Awakening also has a pretty great story. Like, not amazing, but I'm someone who's a fan of time travel in games. So whenever time travel's a thing, I uh, I'm generally on board. Um, the one thing I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the story, but I think uh, the story in Awakening and Fates, every path are are kind of worlds apart <laughs> in terms of yeah. quality. Yeah, I um the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me in Awakening is the false choices. It's like, hey, yes. make this choice yes. that doesn't actually make any difference, no matter what you but pick. Like it's really that was weird. also like 2013. 
I mean, that I guess that's 12 in Japan, but uh, I, that was kind of the thing, if yeah. you remember. Like, yeah, because Mass, that's Telltale Mass Effect's game, popularity. Telltale games were getting big then, and Mass Effect and, and Infamous as well. Yeah, like, but I, I mean, kind of the thing. Uh, at least Mass Effect Telltale... didn't make it obviously pointless five minutes later. Yeah, like, like at no, least... Neither, um, neither does Telltale. At least yeah. Telltale does the thing where the branching paths don't necessarily affect the ending because they want every... It's, it's basically like, you know, you start at this one point and then everyone branches out and then eventually the branches come back together for the end. And I think the interesting thing about the Telltale games is every path that you take, especially through The Walking Dead, which I think is probably the best example of it, yeah. is unique to you and your own story that you experience. Like, what whatever happened with Kenny? Like, what, when did that stuff happen? And when did the stuff with the kid happen? Duck and stuff. Like, that stuff is different for every person like there's these slight differences and so your own personal playthrough is according it's different to than like asking lucina to kill you or saying exactly like, don't, don't kill me right which doesn't have any also, they're very good at on your first playthrough making it look like they've got much more diversity and branching than they actually do like and then if yeah. you go and play again like i want to see what happens when i do this it becomes obvious just how sort of duplicating everything is but on the first go yeah i, I think really the um like it's a super rich they do do a good uh, job choice. of it though because there are yeah. moments where like a character dies in one episode and then the next episode like you have like so you basically make a choice between two different characters and then one character is dead for one person the other one's alive for the other so like they don't have the exact same lines like they definitely have different personalities but they find a way to like tie the stories back together in an, in an interesting way um so yeah all right so um Husser, favorite cast, quickly, because then we'll move on to segment three. All right, well, for reasons already discussed, I would definitely say FE4, uh, mostly in Gen 1, if I can just pick that. Um, because, yeah, even sort of minor no, that characters... Counts. I like, mean, they're, they're definitely two different casts. Yeah, you know, because even if you look at, like, Lex or, you know... Um, uh, Lex and Ira, best ship. Azel, or, yeah, like, people Worst. like that, you know, they're, they're not getting a ton of focus. They don't have a lot going on. But, you know, you're still through their background and through sort of the two the few conversations you do get you get sort of a slice of character that's sort of tantalizingly hinted at whereas like fe one through three you just kind of don't like echoes went back and added a lot of character at fe2 but there really wasn't any before for people other than almond celica so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why i'd say fe4 mm -hmm. all right so uh with that we will move on to the third segment and cue the second music break. Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle podcast, the only Mario and Rabbit-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, truly the greatest combination. But they don't have Mario on them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, this is Emblem Cast, and we are in the third segment of our show, and that is where we pick a topic and focus on it for a little bit. And our topic today is we're going to be talking about Gaiden chapters, how they've changed, what we think of them. And just to uh, clarify, these are the side chapters that are optional, chapters. not chapters from Fire Emblem Gaiden. Right. <laughs> no, we're we're speaking about every individual chapter in Fire Emblem Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> ranking them. Yeah. <laughs> them. See, see, I like this. I, I like this one uh, bridge map, map better than this one boat map. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so they were first so, uh, uh, introduced in Thracia Seven Seven Six, and that was probably when yes. they were at their least optional. Because like. Other games have characters you can miss if you don't do them and stuff, but Thracia has, like, really crucial characters that you can miss if you don't do them. Like, yeah. you don't even get Lithus, who's, like, Yeah, you miss out on Lithus, you miss out no, on... No, you miss Lithus. And you miss out on Safi as well. Well, you... I, I didn't... You cut out, so I don't... I didn't hear if you said this, but you miss out on Asvel, which is, like, the big one. Uh, yeah, you can miss out, like, on, like, all these critical characters. Well, yep. granted, it's not... I guess most of them... Actually, I was gonna say not required, but... You actually need to do the one guide character for. <laughs> you need to do twenty four X to get like the perfect story to an extent. Yeah, yeah. And everyone loves that map, right? <laughs> <laughs> and FE six uh, just made it formal by making them actually mandatory for the true ending. But but and they're all in like yes. underground caves, which is kind of weird. But but you also can't miss one. You can miss one in Thracia and and still be fine. Uh, but if you miss one in FE6, then, then you're fucked. Yeah, Thracia right. is much more forgiving if you know what you're doing than FE6, but if you don't, then it's much less forgiving. Right. Because in FE6, you just won't go for the true ending and whatever. You miss out on two chapters. Yeah, I guess also something with FE6 is, like, a lot of times you don't know which chapters are going to lead you to a Gaiden. Right. I think, like, once... They, they don't make a good job. And, and especially, like I mentioned before, the term limit stuff and turn limit stuff and, and things like that. Like, it's just... it It's very... It's not clear what the requirements are unless you have a guide. Right. I guess I should probably talk about that. Is how do you how do you guys think about guide chapters sort of being... Needing a guide to, like, some extent? I don't like players? that. I think it's I stupid. think there should be hints. It's so... It's, it's so, very stupid. Like, if you have a turn limit, it's so easy to just, like, have a character be like, you know, we need to finish this quickly or we won't be able to get inside the castle. And then, yeah. you know, you have a guiding chapter in the castle or whatever. And then when it's, like, five turns away from the limit, you can be like, quick, hurry up, there's not much time left. And then when the limit passes, they can be like, oh, shit, we missed it. You know? It's so easy to show the requirements yeah. in story. And if the requirements don't make any sense in story then you should maybe rethink them a little bit. Yes. You know, because it's really I, trivial to make that I, kind of thing work. I see so... And Thra oh. Thracia is a worse offender. Much worse than yeah. FE6. Yeah, in, in not regard. knowing the guidance requirements. Yeah, I, yep. I think that's probably why they took that stuff out in later games, because, first mm -hmm. of all, to appeal to the wider audience that they were going for, but also because it was, it was just batshit insane sometimes. Like... How yeah. the fuck do you know that you're supposed to do these three separate things to unlock this one thing that you, you know, is, is cru in, in Binding Blade is crucial to actually get the proper ending of the game? Um, yeah. It's just kind of yeah. crazy. Like going back, um, uh, talking about Douglas, 
Yeah. Yeah, like first thing, first instinct you think, oh, you know, let's have him talk to like, you know, Lalum, F- uh, Elfin, or right. Cecilia or Percival. Like or maybe you can recruit him is what you're thinking first of all because yeah. he's a named enemy character who seems to stick around. You're like, okay, maybe this because it worked on Hugh, maybe it'll work on this guy. And no, that's and not you, the case. Right, or you have the character talk to him and then he's like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to die. This is what I gotta do. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, I guess can't recruit him, I guess. You know, he's just one of those characters. And if you yeah. kill him, then it's like, oh, you shouldn't have killed him, even though he totally said he wanted to die. Yeah. Shouldn't have done so, that. D- does it tell you at the end of the chapter, like, if Douglas had stayed alive in some story way that you would have got something or do they move on because i think that's one way for people to realize is on the second playthrough be like oh on my second playthrough i'm gonna keep make sure he's alive i think the not that i I think the king makes like a passing mention like something like oh you know they successful like burn successfully like raided the the holy tower or whatever right and and it's like i don't think it makes any connection to like, oh, you know, if Douglas was alive, then you know, then yeah. Burn wouldn't have been able to successfully complete that raid of the Tully okay. Tower. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, it's like, I guess it's talking like that. It's like, yeah, if they if you fail the requirement and they make it like pretty obvious, like, oh, you know, if you should have done this or so. Uh, actually, I think that sort of reminds me in one of the later chapters where you fight uh, Murdoch later on in FE six. If you actually take, oh, what a great chapter. If, if you if you actually like take too long on that map, uh, then the boss from the guidance chapter actually comes out from like the little temple area. And it's like, oh yeah, we successfully destroyed that holy weapon. Man, but that's sort of, but that's sort of like literally the last guidance chapter. And it's like you're just now doing that. It's also the second to last chapter in the game if you're just playing normally. Yeah, if you're just playing normally, then it's like, oh, I wonder what that was. If you like, yeah. <laughs> So the, I guess um, sort of that. And then uh, in FE7, they're much less essential. They'll just give you a reward like Kanos or like some money or gems or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they're a lot more expendable. But who doesn't want Kanos? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they're fun, but like he's not nearly as essential as like Safi or Asbo. Right. No. Like, I will say that that's sort of like more, more like fun, like sort of expand. And that's, I think, more yeah. what they should be, especially right. if you're going to have requirements that are like relatively difficult you know yeah Make especially like um the double down. x chapter in 18 xx i was gonna say yeah oh, like chapter. jesus Literally. how do people how the fuck does anyone figure out to do that like what yeah. the hell who stumbles upon that who gets yeah. nails to level seven in win mode yeah and is specifically playing on hector mode that's the thing like you don't get it on normal elwood mode what a mess Anyway, why don't we talk? We, we mentioned a little bit, but I, I think FE7, I, I guess it probably does guidance the best. Other than 18xx. <laughs> yeah, other, the, other than 18xx. Yeah, other than that. But, but, okay, but I think that's excusable because that's just like a fun little bonus. Well, it's there. kind of crucial to understand Nurgle's motivations, which is not great. Right. Yeah. I, d- I also think that the general map design in FE7's guidance chapters are better. Like, FE6 is so far from what I've played. have all been pretty boring. Like, there's They're the one like with... Yeah, I mean, actually, I kind of like the one with the um, all the chests and the fire kind of coming out the wall because it's a kind of an environmental yeah. hazard that I don't right. really see much else in the GBA games. Um, and then you have the 14X, which is the disappearing floor 
water one, which is more of a slog than anything. Um, right. I think you'll find the the Holy Tower is interesting. It's kind of BS, but like it's, it's yeah. So the the interesting thing about the Holy Tower is, uh, and I think this is the case for a few Gaiden chapters, is they are maps that then get repeated in other games. Um, like it's yes. the final Tower of Valny stage is 16x. So that's interesting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's it's, right. it's interesting how they reuse them that way. Yeah, mm. kind of like how FE7's ending is kind of just FE5's. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you get, uh, then Gain Circle, I guess, it's FE8 has... through 10 really just don't have them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I guess yeah. Sacred Stones does have a guidance, but it's basically just an extra well, chapter because there's it's, no there's it's literally, literally no requirements. Literally required. <laughs> no requirements yeah. and you have to play it. So it, right. yeah. it's just a yeah. naming scheme. Tellius then, has a very focused narrative, so I can see why they didn't want them, but there are there are a few chapters that really easily could have been guidance, like in practice. Yes. Like the priest chapter is kind of extraneous. Could have been hmm. optional. Uh, a couple right. things like that. But they just didn't have any. And then right, in um, Shadow Dragon, they were essentially just vehicles to give you characters um, if you'd killed off a lot of them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I guess this is sort of the thing, like, if someone's, like, doing poorly enough where they've killed off that many, if they've killed off, like, that many units, would they actually looser. be able to... <laughs> 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 would they actually be able to, like, get through the guidance chapters and not have the characters, those characters just die? Yeah. Sort of undercutting them. I guess that, casual right. mode, I think, was a much better way to do that. And I'm not a huge fan of people playing on it, but I think it was a much better way to do that difficulty uh, adjusting than the guidance chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you're get I then agree. you're giving people that are you know quote unquote bad more content than someone that's like good. So it's yeah. I'm, I guess I'm it's fine like with casual mode. It's it's more Phoenix that is a, is yeah. a problem for me. But I I agree. I think that's definitely a better way to to do that sort of thing. I will say, I have pretty much no interest in Emblem Warriors. If they add uh, Wimp or Looser, I will buy it day one. <laughs> How about Riss? How about Riss? Ah uh, yes, the meme. He he's technically viable because he's from Shadow Dragon. In um. I don't really know much about FE12, but they're like the BS Fire Emblem chapters in that one, aren't they? No, that's no, that's a separate thing, as I recall. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's a, it's the guiding chapters there are more of like a side story, towards like the assassin subplot. Yeah. So oh, the so funny thing like is that Gaiden. That's kind of cool. Yeah, the funny thing is that Gaiden literally means side story. So I think the Sacred Stones uh, application of it makes the most sense, right? Because it's the, yeah, it's going off and doing the stuff with the thief and everything. So it. It, uh, I think it wait, is that in seven or is that sacred? I'm getting confused now. Anyway, I think that it, it probably makes sense there as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a side story that's running parallel to the main story. So I guess right, FEA, yeah. you know, F frames running happening at the exact same time Erica's is. If only like F frames, well, well, guidance chapters were a bit longer, and then guidance chapter, chapter, <laughs> and then, yeah. In and Awakenings, the, there are a lot fewer. And yeah, you get the parallel. There aren't well, I mean, we we should I say think, I was going to say they're right? they're paralogs. They're not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess parallogs. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's yeah. the same vein, uh, and it's worth saying there. There's what? There's like, there's like three like actual like. Yeah, there's four. Ma- there's four main paralogs. Four main paralogs. Then, get, then it's the kids. Then you get the kids, and then you get the Xenos. And then in so, so the funny thing about the naming scheme in the European version of Awakening is that the paralogs are actually called side stories. 
Um, <laughs> so literally guidance. Yeah. So so that's an interesting like um, localization thing they did, um, which so, I, guess I guess makes them more parallel to guidance than you would maybe think. And I definitely do think that's sort of a step back from the FE7, FE12 way of doing yes, things. But at least you don't they have also, a central content locked behind them. Right. They also they they tend to be especially in like Fates, some of my least favorite maps. Uh, yeah, in the game. Uh, especially they, they the these, um, like... the boat map where there are the three boats moving next to each other. Oh that's yeah, Shigeru is tedious map. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they just have these weird kind of quirky design philosophies, and you also got to keep the probably frail child unit alive. And and I don't know, it's it, it's weird. It's not. Then there, there's the fucking Candace one. <laughs> like it's oh, God. so much weird stuff. You can cheese the shit out of that one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so what what do you guys? Because I guess again, this is a, a short topic but but what do you guys think of guidance like i i think we we tend to all agree that the way fe7 did them is is probably the best at least i mean that's what I'm i haven't played 12 but that sounds like a pretty good way to do it too right similar well i i guess with fe12 it does cover the assassin subplot though it's its requirements are like turn requirements though you don't lose anything for not going to them i believe i don't think there's any of the like Other special items yeah the experience and the stuff though if you meet the turn requirement you're automatically forced to go with the guide and you don't even have a choice oh that's not mm. great and there's like one chapter there's a fog of war ballista chapter that's actually Ew. like you don't want you can't oh, you can't you don't you don't want to go there but if you you're forced to go there so that that's means like, like fe12 speed runs would right be like spamming and turn to not have to play them <laughs> pretty much but yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, what do you guys think of? It's a fun way to put optional content and I would say rewards generally. You know, reward better play, or you know, interesting fulfillment of objectives. But once you start putting essential things behind them, it's really not a good way to do it. Um, because, I mean, FE six's system, if they were clear with the requirements, is okay. Because you can, you know, if you beat Zephiel, you've still like played the game. It's nothing crazy. And you're not going to yeah, bang your head yeah. against the wall in difficulty. And you but, still basically had a full you know, game. If you do that, that like then 20 you chapters, definitely, so. right. yeah, definitely have to be clear about the requirements. And I think that's honestly a good idea anyway. Because you can still reward skilled play. You know, If it's hard to beat a map mm -hmm. in 10 turns, then it's hard to beat it in 10 turns. It doesn't matter if you know about that. It just yeah. lets people actually try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, with that, I, I think that's the podcast, right? Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, that's that's all sure. she wrote. Uh, so you can find us at Emblemcast everywhere on Twitter, whatever. And uh, where can they find you, uh, NBZ? Uh, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at Lord NBZ. Um, right, not Emperor this time. No, uh, we'll be we'll be changing it over the, the well, next I, few know, years. You know what? I think Lord Lord is very it's very fitting for a sure. Fire show. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I never really thought about that. The reason it was yeah. Lord NBZ was because I was playing RuneScape back in the day. And RuneScape oh. <laughs> didn't let you have uh, a, a character limit that was less than like four or whatever on your name, and NBZ obviously couldn't fit. So I had to add something to it. 
uh, and that's why I was Lord NPZ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is you're right. It is very fitting for a Fire Emblem show. Um, so I guess I'll just keep that because that makes sense. Um, so yeah, you can find me find me there on Twitter. Um, but uh, you can most importantly find our podcast, This Nintendo Life, not to be confused with the website Nintendo Life, which. I get it. It's an easy thing to do. But also, we're trying to do a pun on This American Life, which is a famous podcast. Anyway, uh, it was... it was uh, We conceived the idea. Their, their podcast was... It was originally called, and I remember day one when you posted this episode yeah. on the channel. And that it was, now you're playing with power. Yes. Which right. was the... Uh, the Nintendo Power slogan. Exactly. The old slogan for Nintendo. Um, slogan. I thought, thought it was the Power Glove slogan. I, no, I think it was just a, a marketing thing they did back in the 90s, um, generally. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, it's it's called This Nintendo Life. Hopefully that's easy for people to remember. The You can follow that on Twitter, which is at TNL Podcast. Um, but you can just find the podcast on iTunes and all podcast places, uh, wherever you go to find podcast stuff and uh, Devin will be on our show hopefully soon I don't know when this when this episode goes up but you'll probably be <laughs> yeah. on our show uh, very hopefully, soon hopefully soon yes hopefully before hopefully before he goes on your show yeah some people have seemed to be confused by this so I just want to clarify this podcast is available on both SoundCloud and iTunes so and TuneIn Radio and, tune and in. Stitcher so if one of those is annoying to you, you know, you can try the other ones. Um, wherever you're listening it's, to this isn't the only place you can do that. You'll find it anywhere. Or, or you can be like me, and I use a, a third-party podcast app, which just yes. it automatically searches all those places. Um, yeah, I, I do just that listen as well. to this podcast when I'm editing it, so I don't know about any of this. <laughs> fair things. enough. Fair enough. That, that is fair. All right. Anyway. Uh, NBZ. Thank, thank you for joining you us. For yeah. Coming on our show, and I look forward to coming on your show. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. All right. Great. All right. All right. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>